welcome to Stylist Soul Tribe Conversations. I'm your host, Lisa Huff. Over the last five years, I've coached hundreds of hairstylists and beauty industry professionals, helping them work their dream schedules exclusively with their dream clientele and earn their dream income, all while fostering genuine connections and lifelong friendships inside the beauty industry. In this podcast, we dive deep into abundance, manifestation, business building strategies, and creating a life that you are truly proud of, both behind the chair and at home. Are you ready to embark on a journey of personal growth, success, and sisterhood? Then hit that subscribe button now and get ready to experience the pure magic of Stylist Soul Tribe Conversations. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Stylist Soul Tribe Conversations. I am here with my sweet friend, Caitlin. Caitlin has been a member of Stylist Soul Tribe for, has it been two years? I was trying to look back. What is, has it been over two years? How long has it been? I think it's coming up on three years. I, okay. 2021. It was summer of 2021, I believe. Yeah. I feel like you joined before I had the same systems that I have in place now. So like, I didn't even know where to go and look for your application. Like you've been in for a long time. I went to the Facebook group to see how long you've been in there and it said two years. So that makes sense that you're coming up on three years. She was raised in North Dakota, but she's currently living in the UK. She has been in the industry since 2011, same as me. And back in 2022, her husband got military orders to move overseas. Caitlin stepped away from her super successful business and started teaching beauty pros how to utilize Instagram marketing to fill their books with dream clients. She spends her days now creating content, so much content, um, pouring into her real stylist members and coaching one-on-one. Caitlin, I've been looking forward to this episode since you booked it weeks ago. How are you doing today? I'm good. I've been really looking forward to it too. Yeah, I've just like I, I we mentioned I mentioned this before we started recording, but I just recently started binging all of the episodes yeah. of this podcast and like I'm just I'm so fucking proud of how well you have made this podcast. Mm. That wasn't re- really worded super well, but I'm just I'm really proud of how amazing this has turned out. Like so I wasn't much. really even sure what to expect, but like You've done such a good job and the conversations are just so, so necessary. And I feel like every single one of them, like the day that I listened to it, I was like, yep, I needed to hear this today. Yep. This one too. And it just, it was, it was, it's just been so good. So thank you. Oh, I'm just That's so super validating. No. And I've said it before, like for years I've wanted a podcast and I don't know what made now feel like the right time, but I just do feel so in alignment that when it's come out, like I've had so many people say like, I don't know what you're doing with like your voice or the structure of this, but like, it sounds so good. I'm like, I promise I'm not doing anything. I don't know if it's my microphone. I don't know if it's my software, but I used to think that way too of like, oh, like these people have this whole like system together and I don't know how to figure that out. And like, I don't know. It's I just I have to say I'm in alignment because I'm very proud of it as well and how it every everybody's receiving it so far. So thank you for saying that. That means so much to me. I really appreciate it. So why don't we kick off? Obviously, if you've been binging, I like to hear like deeper stories from people. And I think there's so many amazing people in my life. I connect with so many people. Obviously, I know quite a bit of your story, but I'm sure I'm even going to unpack more today. I'd love for you to just start back on like when feels appropriate to you and share a little bit about like what your journey has been thus far in the industry, in your life, and what makes you Caitlin. Okay. Well, so like Lisa mentioned, I started in the industry. I went to cosmetology school in 2011. I was, I didn't even take the summer off after graduating high school. I just like dipped right into it. I've just kind of been immersed in it ever since. And I like, like she also mentioned, I grew up in North Dakota. I lived there for 28-ish, 29-ish years before moving here to the UK. And yeah, my hometown is Bismarck, North Dakota. I worked there for probably, I would say, like half of my career behind the chair. I would say Mm -hmm. 11 to hard math, six ish years, I would say. Yeah, it's a big span of time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Roughly six years I worked in Bismarck and I started out kind of doing like the standard, like the stereotypical, like uh, right out of school salon, very like low wages, very high intensity, worked at a mall, mall salon Mm -hmm. basically. And then shortly after I started working there, I moved into a commission salon that was truly like my dream salon. I loved it there so much. I learned so much about just everything. I got to dip my toes in the water of doing like aesthetics and 
it, it just nails like all of the things. It was it was such an incredible experience for me. And I think I worked there for about three years. I met my husband now who was just my boyfriend at the time. And I had only been working there for about two years at the time. And he lived at the base, which was an hour and a half okay. north of my hometown. And so we started dating. I I swear to God, I knew like five months after dating him, I was like, I this is this is it. Like oh, this is the guy. Not to make this about my marriage, but that's cute though. I love that. <laughs> but yeah, so I he actually deployed about five months after we started dating for six months, and so I made the decision before he left. I was like. I mean, if we want to like actually make this work, like one of us is going to have to move and clearly I'm the one that has to do it. So yeah. I made the decision to move an hour and a half north. And I, when he got back from deployment, we kind of just like started our life together. We moved into a really small apartment. We adopted two cats. Like it, we had such a good thing going and it was, it was a really good time like in my yeah. life. Granted, when I moved up there, the salon environment was very different. I learned a lot about what it is like to work on a base as a mm. at, on a military base as a stylist, which I don't recommend it to be perfectly okay. honest. No offense to anyone that does that, but it's it's just as bad as working at a mall salon. I'll just mm. put it at that. Mm-hmm. So that lasted like a month. Like I I got up there, well, I had just left my dream salon, and I was yeah. like, no, that's a can't stark, do this. Yeah, yeah. contrast, huh? <laughs> yeah. So I moved into a commission salon in in the town that I was living in and I worked there for five years and it was, to put it gently, it was not great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was all of the things that we hear about when it comes to like a toxic salon environment, that salon definitely. Tell me more, like say more, because I feel like we hear that we say that, but I I, I just always think of like, who's on the other side of the headphones listening to this episode? Like, what are some examples? And when did you know, like that was really unhealthy and not where you should be? So I... I kind of knew, I honestly, like think looking back at it now, I think I knew in the back of my head, even just like the first day that mm-hmm. I started working there, I was mm-hmm. like, this just doesn't really seem like my vibe. But it was one of the only salons in town that I genuinely thought I could like somewhat make work. And was it, it catty? Mind, was there drama? Like what what felt off? There was a lot of old school <sighs> values how do I want to say mindsets yeah Uh, mindset rules like the pricing structure especially always just frustrated the hell out of me because Mm. it it wasn't even a pricing structure that was based off of actually let me rewind the pricing structure was an across the board everyone made x amount per service depending on how long you had worked at the salon Mm -hmm. didn't take into account how long you had been a stylist for it was how Mm. long you there. So mm. like regardless of how many years I worked at the salon, if somebody had been there three years more than me, regardless of how much education they've done, regardless no of what numbers you're hitting, there's yeah. no way to, okay, and interesting. Regardless if they were even taking on new clients or not, because mm. I was one of the very few that would still take new clients and their pricing structure would always get to be higher than mine because mm. we also did price increases as an entire salon and it was the mm. standard like bullshit $5 per service yeah, like not increase. supply and demand based just emotionally no. based i i was in a really like i think just a shitty mindset as a military spouse because yeah. i was under the impression that like this was all i could do because my mm. time here is temporary regardless of where we're at like I I never felt comfortable trying to like lay down my own roots as mm. in like opening my own salon or being yep. going independent etc because I was like I'm not going to be here forever I know that even if my husband was stationed there for another 10 years it would only be until he retires and then we would leave I have a member in Soul Tribe too I won't say her name just because I didn't ask her permission but she's in a similar boat they're military they've lived in the same spot for a long 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 time they have no idea when they're going to leave but she feels so stuck she's almost in that like white space stage she doesn't know what her next thing is but like she's so ready for it her business is so successful but she's just really getting bored and yeah she's like I don't feel comfortable opening a salon because that would be of course the luck if you do then you never know and that that seems like that can be a very isolating feeling and that probably whether it's military or some other reason holds a lot of people back for many many years so I mean I'm just validating that how you felt and that I know a lot of other people feel that way as well Yeah. And I mean, looking at it now, like I clearly know that I should have just gone for it because I was Mm. miserable for five years and that that was Mm. uh, five years is a long time. Yeah. (laughs) Like I didn't think. So hindsight, looking back, you think you should have opened a salon or what do you think you should have done? Whatever you just should have gone independent. 
I, I wish I would have just gone independent earlier because I that is what I ended up doing. Like five, the five year mark hit, and we were still in the same location. Yeah. My husband was still stationed there, and we were both kind of getting into the mindset of this is kind of negative, but it was like it feels like he's never going to get orders somewhere, and he doesn't have any control over it. So yeah. it was like I'm not going to keep like hindering myself professionally just based off of a potential something that might not even happen. Like we yeah. have no control over it. Yeah. So. I can't even remember what exactly was the breaking point for me. It was probably just the owner being really shitty to us and telling us that we were being disrespectful and like treating us like kids, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I was finally, I was just like, nope, nope, I, I'm not doing this anymore. I had already been in Thrivers for over a year. Mm -hmm. We were mid-pandemic. That was another issue was just how things were being handled wow. in a commission salon with the pandemic. Yeah. It was a real issue. Mm. And also, I mean, we all know it was a very high intensity very like politically charged time so like it was just yes. not a fun time to be anywhere yeah. yeah yeah but let alone in a space that's already toxic and maybe you, yeah that's yeah. I yeah. know I was so grateful to be in a suite during that time and I think a lot of people felt the same so that's about when you joined Soul Tribe then fair to say like you weren't independent yeah. for too long yeah, I had actually, so I opened my studio, I think I moved in in February, and then I joined Soul Tribe that July. So I had only been okay. open for a couple of months. Oh, wow, yeah, I don't even know if I knew that. I just always knew you. I can like picture your suite still in the videos yeah. that you would make yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. Like, I wish I would have done a lot of stuff sooner. But I mean, also like, you've already had bread on the podcast. So most people kind of like know the Thrivers kind of like flow. So like, I had only been in Thrivers for a year at that point. So like looking at it as well, I probably wouldn't have been ready to go into That's true. Without having all those, there all that so knowledge much and that skills. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. Before Thrivers, I didn't know like hardly anything. So oh. it probably was the timing that it needed to be. I just wish I would have just wish I would have realized. But again, I, it was, it was a really great experience. The one year that I did have in my suite, it was almost mm -hmm. to the day that I was in my suite for a year. We, my husband got orders to the UK that December. Mm. So it was just kind of like an absolute shit storm after yeah. that. And that period of time, I remember so clearly, like I remember getting on a Soul Tribe call and you being like, we're, I'm closing my studio. We're moving to another country. Did you already, I mean, you were creating a lot of content then. You were clearly drawn to Instagram. You were drawn to this. Remind me how that timeline went out. Did you know you like wanted to go the educating route? Was this just like your final push? Were you already off? Offering things. How did that all play out into then this becoming like your full-time gig? So I, uh, not to make this all about Thrivers, but mm -hmm. <laughs> it kind of all ties together for me. Yeah. So I, I was actually going back through the modules probably right before my husband got orders, actually, like just a couple months before yeah. that. And I remember going through the whole like zone of genius thing. And like, there was one phrase that really stuck out to me in a training that was like, what is something that you do really well that other people ask you to help them with mm -hmm. that no one else really does. Yeah. And it, it was like, it like blew my brain because I, it wasn't even slightly hair related. I was like, oh, mm. it's reels. It's Instagram yeah. reels. <laughs> yeah. And so to like give some context to that, I, when reels came out in, it was like late 2020 when they first launched. When reels and, came out, it was like a phenomenon. Like it yeah. wasn't just like any other feature. Like Basically, if you were paying attention to social media, you know, conversations at all, it was like, this is the only thing you can do to survive. You better jump on the real train. Like, and, and then yeah. also Instagram was like inflating reels. We, you were seeing a lot oh, of, yeah. everybody was seeing a lot of success by doing oh, reels. Yeah. So it was kind of that perfect timing that that yeah. happened. And totally. so you decided, let me help other people and just give them some tips and tricks of what I'm doing and how it's working so well. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where it started and it ended up being so much different than that. But I, that was my initial idea. I was yeah. just like, oh, I think I might actually like really have something here. And then when my husband got orders, like literally weeks later, I was like, oh, I'm this, this is like, it's now or never. It's either I yeah. go for this full, full on or I try to do hair and make, maybe make this happen. But like, yeah. It just, you it had really that already that was like so exciting to you that yeah. like it, to me that felt like so in alignment of like if not now then when like when would you drop everything else and do this yeah. it kind of seems like you were being pushed in that direction absolutely yeah. and 
I guess a few years have passed now. I guess what does that look like in your in your life now? Because it's evolved quite a bit, and you are just like a marketing genius in my <laughs> eyes. So there, it's a lot more than just Instagram reels at this point. Yeah. Well, I guess I before I dive into that, I guess I'll okay. kind of like explain how I got into reels because I didn't really like touch okay. on that a ton. Like for me, I've always really been drawn to Instagram, especially with reels. I just I found the like creative side of it really enjoyable. It was. I consider myself a relatively tech savvy person. So I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. It's just like mm-hmm. a quirky way to like make content. And it's it's more Get exciting to me. It. Yeah, you can be more more creative than just like a back of the head picture. Because at the mm-hmm. time, like front face front facing photos of the hair were still becoming popular, but they weren't mm-hmm. like as mainstream as they are now. Yeah. So I was like, man, this just seems so much more exciting than like trying to like snap a selfie or like take a picture of the back of somebody's head. Yeah. So I dove into that and I ended up seeing a lot of success with it, but it was, it wasn't the kind of success that I necessarily wanted as a business owner Mm. because I, I, what I know now, I wish I would have known then, but again, of course, hindsight, Mm -hmm. Um, I had because it, because Instagram was regularly pushing out reels like in droves. Like mm-hmm. I had quite a few posts go viral, and I was like, "Oh my god, my, I'm, my career is finally taking off!" <laughs> yeah, it was so exciting at the time. But like now, what I know about going viral and how that's really mm. not great for your business, like. Yeah. Because you get when you go viral, you have so many random ass people that will mm-hmm. follow you, which is cool for like your own vanity metrics mm-hmm. and like for your ego and stuff like that. But like at the end of the day, you're still a business that's trying to market to buyers. And yeah. not all of these people are going to be buyers because they just like your content. Mm-hmm. So knowing that now it's a much different ball game. But yeah, everything everything kind of started with reels for me. And once once we did move to the UK, I had already made the decision that I wasn't going to pursue doing hair out here just yeah. for a, a multitude of reasons. But it, it really did just kind of feel like this was the perfect time to give it a go yeah. if I was going to do it. And I mean, flash forward, I we ended up both of our cats ended up passing away right before we moved, like weeks before we moved. Uh, right before the retreat. It was mm. like the week before mm-hmm. the retreat. Yeah, it was it was a mentally very dark time for me not to dive too deep into that but it was the first quarter of that year was really really stressful probably the most stress I've ever been under like I started like having like an eye spasm like a little twitch Mm. going on and I started losing my hair Mm. it's like oh my gosh I need to like get a handle on this yeah and you think it's fair to say the combination of everything like your life just got fully uprooted, plucked out, shaken up, you, you know, yeah. mix grief and mix yeah. being away from your family, mix all of the things adapting yeah. to a time change, you know, creating content by yourself. Like, yeah, that is a lot. That is yeah. a lot. And I know I've been through like energy trifecta with you. You've been to, you know, a couple of retreats. Like I've watched kind of your journey and like you, and I also love how much you share that with other people. Like, I really do think that that's almost like a bit of your niche is that like mm. sweet spot of like marketing, but also being a human and how important mm. that is. So looking back, so that was what first quarter of 2022? Yes, that yeah. was the first bit of 2022. And then right after we got here, I actually had started working for Hunter for a little while. Mm-hmm. And that was fantastic like it was wonderful it was exactly what I needed to like give me some kind of like stability and he was so gracious and like dealt with all of my mental health struggles (laughs) so it was that was really good but I kind of just like let my own desire for becoming an educator like take the back burner for most Mm. of the year honestly Mm -hmm. and it it was needed like I there's always things that we want to change about it when we look back yeah. on it, but I wasn't in a mentally good You place wouldn't have been creating it. from a good space anyway. No, yeah. no. And so I did end up launching a course that year. It was the November of 2022. And mm. I, even now I still almost wish that I wouldn't have, like, I am mm. grateful that I did, but I did it for the wrong reasons, I think. And it was like a scarcity mindset. And yeah. I, I had put myself in under so much pressure. Like I wanted to get it out this year. I'm like, it's November. I have to get it mm-hmm. out right now. So like I just worked myself into like oblivion and mm. I felt like I didn't serve the people that were in my mm. course as much as I could have if I had mm. done it in a better way. Mm. But I mean, I still am very grateful for it. And I know that yeah. people got a lot of value out of it. There was but, value in it. Yeah. 
but just knowing where I was at mindset wise and just how just burnt out I was, to be honest, like it, it really put me in a weird funk for quite a while. Totally. And also I think it's that post pandemic, just kind of Mm. universal mindset that a lot of people were in. Burnout was definitely, and I mean, it still kind of is. So like looking back from obviously that really dark time to, I think you're in a much better place, but it always comes in waves. Like what's your kind of like journey with mental health at this very moment? I mean, mental health is something that I mean, like you said, I do try to talk about this stuff pretty openly with people Mm -hmm. because it it is still a conversation that is has a lot of stigma behind it. And people are really embarrassed to talk about mental health. But I I don't know, I've almost like desensitized myself to it now. But it it's something that you have to give yourself grace with every single day. Like there's going to be some days, some weeks, some months that are just like amazing, like I can't believe my life is so so good right now. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be some days, weeks, months where you're like, I don't think I can get any lower than I already am right now. Yeah. And that's, I think that that's such a normal thing, especially as a business owner, because we are our own worst critics and we're in charge of all of the things. Like mm-hmm. it, there is nobody in charge of us if we're the business owner. So like yeah. we have to make so many really, really tough decisions and it's very mentally taxing. It um is. So I don't know, for me, I, this last year in 2023, I really going into the year, I was still kind of in a really weird burnt out funk. And then Mm -hmm. quarter two was kind of where I was like, okay, we no no more of this. Like we have to like start making some big shifts here. And so I really, really went hard on like my morning routine. Mm -hmm. I was like, I have to have a schedule. I I'm a very, I'm a scatterbrained ADHD girly. So I routine is like something I have to have in my life or like my days just aren't productive. And so I really, really got into like my morning meditations and I was just really trying to pour back into myself. Yeah. And that had its own mental struggles because like- internal thoughts were like, well, you're being lazy. You're not working Mm. enough, like all of those things. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, like allowing myself to be like, quote unquote, selfish for a little while, it was exactly what I needed. It's such a fucking fine line to try to walk of like, Mm -hmm. I want to be productive. I want to like, I have this drive in me. I feel lit up when I'm pursuing Mm -hmm. something big. And then also like, eventually you're going to crash and burn if that's all you're doing. And then once you crash and burn, how long do we stay still for? Like that is literally almost every single soul tribe call when we, when it comes time for homework, I, I was just having a conversation on Friday where someone was just like, I'm just not super inspired right now. And I'm like, girlfriend, that's okay. Like you have been busy. You have been active. You did a ton of stuff in November. Like she had a really, really busy holiday season business wise. And Mm -hmm. she was like, I'm like, just let it like take a rest month. And she was like, well, I don't want to take a rest. I'm like, okay, fair. You know, like, and there are times that we need it and there are times that we aren't. And it's a super fine line because if you almost get too comfortable either end of the pendulum, like it can become too much. And I think just keeping that on track. And I have found, obviously, that's why I have Soul Tribe, but like I have found having those people around you to like be able to notice that of like, okay, you've been doing that quite a few months now where like yeah. where how can we help you find that spark again and or dude you're burning on both ends you can only be running this fast for so long let's take a beat right so i think that's super helpful is finding those people and having those conversations absolutely oh yeah definitely i there's been so many times when i didn't even know that i needed it where like my my tribe would check in on me and be like i haven't heard from you in a while or like how how's this going this week like mm-hmm. and it's just like those really subtle reminders where it's like oh yeah no i have kind of been like becoming a hermit this week mm-hmm. or like it's it makes it so much easier for me to catch myself as i'm kind of like at the very start of a spiral mm-hmm. <laughs> and it helps me to not spiral then as well cuz it keeps me accountable in that way And there's something about like that relationship where like you've given people permission to do that, where like if my husband says that to me, I might get really annoyed. Or if like (laughs) my mom says that to me or like something like that, I might get like really defensive and salty. But there's something about like that format where it's like, oh, no, these people like actually do have the right to call me on that. And like that is their job here. So like I better, you know, take a pause and look in the mirror real quick and see if that's the case. I also feel like in Soul Tribe, so many of these like and like you said, you, you listen to mine and Leisha's kind of all over the place chit chat episode it's sometimes so complex to like talk about I don't even know which direction to go and how to put my words into place but we 
are so digital. Obviously, you too, your whole business is about yeah. around Instagram and marketing. We're so digital. And that causes like a lot of stress for so many people. And so I guess like, what is your take on like, clearly you think these things are important, yet you think mental health is important. How much do we prioritize this in our business? And where is that sweet spot for you of like, here's how you market, here's how you keep showing up without feeling like, oh, I'm a hamster running on a wheel and I'm not inspired, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. Yeah. So this one's kind of layered, I feel like, because even I don't have the perfect answer because there really isn't a perfect answer. It changes all the time for what you need in that moment. Yeah. And it's it's subjective to each person too, Mm because like my time allowance is much different than the average stylist because like I don't work behind the chair anymore, whereas most of the people that are listening to this right now probably still do. Mm -hmm. And so I have a lot more time that I can put into creating content, whereas they probably have like a couple hours a week, period, Mm -hmm. like no, no more than that. And I definitely understand that. So I I think for me, just really trying to find balance is, it, it's very difficult, but it is doable. It's just, it's a lot of trial and error. I feel mm-hmm. like you just have to give it a try for a month or three months, whatever you're trying to do and see how it goes. Take notes. If something isn't working, change it, like tweak yeah. it a little bit. There's, I feel like we get so stuck in the, cycle of trying to stick to a certain Mm -hmm. strategy or plan or outline and make it work like for years or months. And I mean, honestly, most of us can only make that work for like two to three weeks tops. Well, that's what I was going to say. And I don't know if it's, it's clearly not just me, but I feel like my relationship with creating content and my relation, which I'm the same as you, like to, this is always Instagram. It's been a shiny, exciting, fun thing. Like there are some people that are like, I hate it. Okay. If you hate it, I'm not going (laughs) to convince you otherwise, but like I've always been drawn to it. I've been into it as it was on the rise. I was like, I want to, you know, capitalize on this, find my space in this. Like it was always exciting to me, but I absolutely go through like, like you said, I don't know if it's weeks or months, but there's chunks of time where my strategy, quote unquote, it's not even an intentional strategy. My relationship with it changes all Mm -hmm. the time. Sometimes I'm batching. Sometimes I'm planning. Sometimes that feels icky and I'm posting in the moment. My lately, my strategy, which I'm kind of loving this setup, which I know cannot be the case for everybody, but is this almost like recycling of content, capture something really big and long form, chop it up. That's so much easier for me. I don't know if you want to share this because I know you said you were holding off. So like, I think we can probably go there uh, because you want to test this out. But I know you also like to play with like let me craft a theory. Let me test it. Let me see how it works. You want to explain what you're doing right now? Because I think it's really neat. And even if it's not like a proven method, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, "Eh, I could do something kind of like that and repeat what you're doing in their own business. Yeah. Totally. So this is actually something I'm going to be going over in a workshop that I'm doing at the end of the month for my Instagram subscribers. But um, when is the workshop? January 29th, I believe. Mm -hmm. When did you say that this comes out? Probably the 31st. That's okay. okay. Well, yeah. regardless, the replays are always up too. If okay. anyone wants so we'll to join, put, that. we'll put the way to join the subscription in the yeah. show notes. Yeah, keep no going. Worries. Um, so more or less, again, this is not like a proven method by any means, but it's been something that I've been doing now since October, and it's mm-hmm. actually helped me to be sustainable with how much I'm showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've created a cyclical slash recyclable content like schedule essentially. And it leaves wiggle room each week for X amount of posts that I want to create more in the moment or that mm-hmm. I want to like plan more off the cuff. But let's let's do some like really simple math here. So like let's say that I wanted to post four times a week. Part of my cyclical calendar is two to three of those posts in a week are going to be predetermined. Planned, recycled. Yeah they'll be planned. And then within like a six to eight week period, that whole cycle of uh, content ideas will be gone through and then the cycle will restart. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense how I just explained that? Yeah. And when Kaylin was explaining this to me in a Soul Tribe call, she said the way she came up with that concept is she was searching other people's Instagrams that she admired, felt like they had a good content strategy. And she realized that she never scrolled further than eight weeks back. That's when it felt appropriate to kind of Mm -hmm. repeat something. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just like based off of a person's profile grid, I felt like basing it off of like swipes, like I felt like three to four swipes. Like I don't really think anyone's going to do much more than that. And I've always been a really big advocate for recycling content because Mm -hmm. on average, like less than 5% of your followers are actually going to see your posts. So 
even if it's like doing one post that's the exact same every single month, the odds are that a lot of people aren't going to know that it's being recycled. Mm -hmm. So I, I just wasn't ever really sure how to recycle content in a way that was actually going to be like realistic for myself as opposed mm -hmm. to being like, I don't want, know what to post this week. At Let me random. go pull an old post. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I, yeah, I've just kind of been trying out this cycle. I'm currently, I think I'm in the middle of cycle two. So well, that's kind of why I'm just now starting to talk to my subscribers about it. Cause I, I told them about it. I hinted about it, but I didn't want to give them any, like, give this a try if you want to really? advice without having like actual data to base mm -hmm. it off of. Yeah. And it certainly isn't a perfect plan. Yeah. But for me, because my, my goal right now is I want to try to post five days a week. I mm. figure with the amount I'm trying to do three, three out of the five posts are from the cycle. So mm -hmm. it's helped me to do that for, I mean, close to 12 weeks at this point. Yeah. I mean, and then you every... only need it. So you're saying you only are creating one or two pieces of content that's new each week and recycling old ones, but there's a strategy to what is being recycled. Now, if yes. somebody were to be like, okay, I'm, I want to listen to this podcast episode. I want to feel inspired after it and start like pulling out my post-it notes and planning. How did you even like, are you a content pillar, you know, gal, yeah. like what, where did you even like start with this concept? So more or less, yes, it is kind of based off of content categories. Okay. I also really leaned in on the concept of basically I wanted to walk the walk as well for what I tell people. And that is no one knows you have an offer unless you talk about it. Yep. And I was so guilty of not talking about my offers. Yeah. Because it's the same tale as old as time. Like you just don't want to sound salesy. We all feel icky, icky whenever it comes time to sell yeah. something. Yeah. And I mean, that's a whole nother topic for a different day. But <laughs> yeah, more or less, I was like, okay, I need to at least be talking about like my my freebies a couple times a week. I want to talk about my subscription a couple times a week. So I kind of just based it off of those and made those into their own categories. So mm -hmm. each of my freebies has a, like a topic list within it. Mm -hmm. And then my subscriptions has like its own category. And then anything that isn't within the cycle, I just kind of will plan like a month in advance, like whatever okay. I'm like feeling inspired to plan. Mm. But the stuff that gets cycled through is almost entirely talking about like my offers or my freebies. How um, could you translate that into someone working behind the chair? Like what would those right. offers look like? So what I typically coach to with content categories is having something that is going to be easy to pick from. So like, let's say you are a extension specialist. Mm -hmm. So one of your content categories should be the obvious one. It should be photos and videos of your work, of your extensions, yeah. like mm -hmm. educating anything, around that. Yeah, exactly. Like anything having to do with your specialty, that should be one of your categories. Another category should probably be something having to do with yourself, just mm -hmm. because people want to know you as well mm -hmm. as what the hair you do. They also want to know who's going to be doing it. Yeah. And then anything in addition to that, a typical one that I like to reference is like guest experience because people love to know like the vibes. Yeah. They love to know what they, they're getting themselves into when they walk up. Mm -hmm. So that's a great category to pull from. And just kind of basing it off of that, like whatever your ideal client is more or less going to be attracted to. Yeah. And you could even make like something simple like FAQs a category, like mm -hmm. what are some frequently asked questions and just like pull from that each week. Mm -hmm. So like, let's say you wanted to make a cyclical calendar out of those ideas. So mm -hmm. if you want to post four times a week, I mean, you could, you could quite literally make every single post part of the cyclical thing without having mm -hmm. to plan stuff off the, off, off the cuff. Mm -hmm. um, you could do, let's say Mondays are your extension specialty posts. Yep. Tuesdays are your about you posts. Mm -hmm. Thursdays, well, cause we'll do only do yep. four weeks. So you'll have Wednesday off Thursdays. You can talk about FAQs answer an FAQ Fridays, you can talk about guest experience and then wow. just cycle back through that week after week after week. And that just helps to take a literal shitload of guesswork out mm -hmm. of creating content because it, there is nothing more stressful. I mean, there are plenty of things more stressful, but <laughs> in the marketing world, it is really, really stressful, like opening your app and not and having just... a not not the slightest plan for what you Blank want to page. do for the day. Yeah. Like I'm going to spend three hours trying to create a post today because I don't have any idea what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And that's just, it's not sustainable. Yeah. And I, I'm, 
all about sustainability. I'm all about saving time. Like I, I don't want people to have to spend hours mm-hmm. every single day on the app because it's not good for your mental health. Like no. point blank, like even myself who lives on the app, like mm-hmm. there are months sometimes where I have to take the whole month off because I'm like, I need to unplug. Like it's yeah. so necessary to not yeah. be on there all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's more or less how I would take all that guesswork out of it. I love that idea. That sounds yeah. beautiful. Another thing, which is like when you were talking about the blank page, I feel like I really love using this for being the blank page. And I know you've been pretty public about your thoughts around like ChatGPT and stuff too. We like totally talked about it during the resource fair, which I can't even wait to start planning next year's resource fair. How are you utilizing AI right now? Because it's always changing. I have gotten to the point where I'm so dependent on my robot. I'm using ChatGPT every single day. Do you pay for the plus version or no? I don't. It's um. so good. I pay for it. And then my debit card expired. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll just like let it go. And then I mm. instantly wanted it again. And I <laughs> re-opted it because it is so much better. So yeah, how are you using AI right now? Do you have any thoughts that, I mean, I don't think I've talked about it at all on the podcast. So even if it feels a little bit juvenile, like share what you're thinking about it. So I I am an advocate for using it for copywriting. Like Mm -hmm. I won't apologize for that. I do definitely understand why there are a lot of people that are really upset about like taking art from artists and Mm -hmm. like pulling pulling different resources and stuff like that. Oh, and if we let ourselves get too deep, I mean, it very quickly feels like a Black Mirror episode. It very quickly quickly (laughs) feels like the end of humanity, but not going that route because obviously that's a lot to unpack. So for me, I typically use it just, I mean, more often than not, I, I use it to help me with captions because mm-hmm. I have an idea for a caption and I at least need somewhere to start most of the yeah. times. Like I honestly, a lot of the times I do end up editing it quite a bit just totally. because I want to like do my own thing with it. But so long as it can kind of give me like a basic outline that helps out mm-hmm. a lot. Same with like blog posts or email writing, pretty much anything that's like long form writing. It's mm-hmm. really, really useful for yeah. And more than anything, I use it for, I I call it like my personal assistant. Mm -hmm. I just, I just have like one long thread like that. I just keep going and going and going with it. So like, I've told it everything about my business. I've told it everything about like how I like interact with stylists. And so it it knows who I am pretty Mm -hmm. well in that specific thread. So I don't necessarily have to go in every single time and be like, this is what I do. This is who I serve. This is blah, 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 blah. And give it like the 15 points. I can just be like, based off of what I've previously given you, Mm -hmm. I need to know about XYZ. Can you give me an outline for this? And that's really, really helpful. Let me touch on this Uh, real quick now that I'm trying to get everyone to sign up because I do also think it's kind of a load of shit that we do have to pay for the better version now because that wasn't supposed to be the goal originally. But when you do pay for it, you can type in all that prerequisite information where it just knows that. And it also now searches the web in real time. So anything that's been published on the internet, it now knows. So now that I'm like starting to have blog posts and podcast transcriptions and all these, it's like knowing so. But again, that's like also kind of horrifying if you let yourself think about it too long. So like we're not (laughs) trying to get into the moral debate because I totally understand the fear there. But I mean, I'm like you. If you can't beat it, join it in some extent. It's definitely not going anywhere. And I just, it reminds me, it also helps that I joined the mastermind when it was coming out. And the guy who leads my mastermind is also very pro AI. He's very on the tip of like what is coming out and how how to navigate that and be on, you know, that side of it. But I just think of it from the most basic level, I mean, back when I, me and you were in high school, we would have, you know, oh, you can't use your calculator because when you right. grow up, you're not going to have a calculator in your pocket all the time. Like right. it is that on times infinity because it's like, one, our kids, which I haven't started showing this to my kids yet or anything, but I wonder what that's going to look like. But us being young adults, not having a navigation around how this works and learning with it as it's growing, because it's yeah. already crazy how much it's growing. That's just my own personal take on it. Like, I find it fascinating. I find it exciting. find it a little bit eerie, a little bit freaky, but mm-hmm. I always lead on the lean on the side of optimism. So that's where I'm at with all of that. I had another thought I wanted to go with AI, but I can't. I lost it. Oh, no, I found it. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Another thing I've been doing, and I've never thought about this, like how to teach stylists how to do this, because obviously, like I said, this content model that I've been flowing with, 
record the podcast, chop it up, do a bunch of things with it. I'm doing it all myself. It's actually really fun because it's still new. I'm sure eventually Mm -hmm. it'll get very boring and I'll want to train someone else to do it, but it's still very fun. But what I'm doing personally, so I'm going to tell you guys what I'm doing. If any of you are educators or anything like that, you're going to love this portion. If you're a hairstylist, like how does this work for me? I have some ideas for you. So I'm recording long form content either by myself or like what Caitlin and I are doing here. I'm taking the transcription from every single one of those podcasts. It takes me like five minutes would be a lie. It takes me like less than an hour to get all of this done. So I finish this recording with Caitlin. I download the video, grab the, pluck the transcription from it, plug the transcription into ChatGPT because I have the paid version. It has like extra long data entry that you can enter in. So like there's no limit. It can read the whole entire thing. And I say, here's a podcast transcription from an episode I just recorded. Give me 15 possible titles. Sometimes the titles are shit. Sometimes they are good. Okay, great. Now I'm going to use this title, write the podcast show notes for me copy and paste. It's so easy. Now write the YouTube description for me. Copy and paste. It's so easy. Now write a blog post that's SEO optimized that goes along with transcription. Boom, done. Now chop this up into however many pieces of content or whatever. And what I was just thinking while you were saying all that, like how does that relate to stylists? There's an app called Otterpilot. There's a bunch of apps that do audio transcriptions. And so you can, if you're somebody that struggles with like typing and you want to utilize AI, but like Caitlin said, you can easily spot a full-on chat GBT caption. Like you, it definitely takes a little bit of like spice to to work with it, but mm-hmm. you could pull out like your voice memo and just start chatting. Pretend like you're recording a podcast. Like nobody ever is going to hear it. Don't be embarrassed. Record a video of yourself and just think of like things that your clients have asked you that you know is so valuable and just start going on a tangent about it. Pluck that transcription, plug that into ChatGPT and say, I want help creating content around this. Let's make five Instagram posts, two TikToks, a blog post, a long form like face educational Facebook. Like it doesn't even have to be video. A carousel. How can I break this into key points on a carousel? There's so much you can do with it. And I like using it for that of just being able to like all of my thoughts out and then the time that it has shaved off. The amount of time it would have taken somebody to do all the things I just listed is a week of work. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when it was shortly after it first launched last year, or no, it would have been not last year, no, 2022 when it launched, I was in the process of creating a sales page from scratch. And I literally, I mean, this is some like a, a process, creating a sales page on a website would take me probably like two to three days on average, like writing out all the copy. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a lot of work. Um, <laughs> And by using ChatGPT, and this was like before I really even knew how to use like the like the tone of voice prompts and stuff like mm. that, like I was able to crank that out in like two to three hours, which just it blew my mind. I was like, holy shit. Okay, like, so like selfishly, what are you saying? Like first give me an outline for a sales page and then breaking down each chunk or like what are you plugging into it selfishly? Yeah, I, I think trying to remember back, I think what I did was I asked it for a standard like flow or outline of how a sales mm-hmm. page should look. And, okay. and I think I gave it some prompts about like what the sale was about. Offer. And mm-hmm. it basically gave me like prompts of what I should have on the page. And then based off of those prompts, I was like, okay, I want to start writing this portion. Can you give me x amount of paragraphs uh Mm -hmm. to talk about these things having to do with the actual sale that was Mm -hmm. going on and it was so quick like i also remember you saying at the retreat sorry to interrupt this just popped into my head you saying something to chat gpt ask me clarifying so like i need to make a sales page here's what i need to do ask me clarifying questions that will help you build it and then let chat gpt ask you questions and then you answer all the questions and then what it spits out to you is wild yeah I I can't take credit for that because I just saw that online somewhere. Somebody was doing that too. But yeah, I mean, it changed the game for me. I was like, holy shit, like you can ask it what you need to tell it huh? and it'll tell you what to tell it. That's crazy. And then it will, it, it's so meta. Like <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> give me these things and then I'll be able to properly give you like the best outcome. And it, yeah. it, it like blew my mind. So I, yeah, that, that one specifically was like super wild. 
And then like understanding the tone of voice prompts as well. I'm sure we'll talk about this at some point too, but I'll bring it up Mm -hmm. now. Like I do have a free Mm -hmm. resource that talks all about stuff like this, just because that is typically the most common complaint amongst people Mm -hmm. is like, I haven't written me a caption, but it sounds like shit. Like it sounds Mm -hmm. nothing like me. Like, yeah, if you only give it certain prompts without any like tone of voice prompts as well, it's going to sound like a robot wrote it like 100%. So knowing what what to feed it and uh, knowing how to edit it and give it different like tweaks and stuff like that and then also editing it yourself if needed that's yeah. a huge thing but yeah it's just it's it's such a cool resource to be able to use just uh-huh. for time saving purposes and again like I'm all about saving time because uh-huh. it's it's I mean it's our it's our greatest thing that we have yeah. and we never get yeah. it back <laughs> is there anything else you really want to go over Caitlin any other thoughts you have anything else you want to share let me look really quick here because I did actually take some notes while I was listening to your podcast I just had like things come up for me. So there were there were quite a few things that you talked about in a recent episode about like mm-hmm. expectations, like setting expectations and how they can kind of like throw a curveball and everything. And like mm-hmm. there was a talk about social media detox. And I think we've kind of covered some of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I what came more... up for you for expectations? We haven't talked about that at all. What like what what where does that stem from? Because that's something I could literally go on and on and on and on and on. Like becoming a coach, it's made me realize ninety nine percent of the time that's the root issue. Is someone mm. expected a different result and they're really tripped up about the result they ended up getting? So like, what does that mean to you? Why'd you write that down? So I actually, I really resonated with what Leisha was saying about Mm -hmm. setting really high expectations for myself. Uh And I, I, I really, really related to that because I, I'm such a, I'm, I'm a huge perfectionist to Uh a fault and Uh I am very much a, I want it to be perfect before anyone sees it kind of person. Uh And I mean, letting go of that is something that I'm getting better at, but it just, I feel like expectations that I set for myself or like for my business are what at the end of the day ends up making me second guess myself. And that's when like my inner critic comes in and it's like, mm-hmm. girl, what you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who do you so, think you are? Why would you do any of this? Yeah. 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 And yeah, I don't know. I just, I found it to be a really relatable conversation, I guess. So how do you catch that then? Because I honestly... I don't think I put, I mean, I have high expectations for myself, but I never get, very rarely do I get disappointed by not hitting, like, I'm not a perfectionist. I'm probably going to hardly add to this episode these things that are like, are like, should that have been cut out? Like, it just for me, I'm just like, <laughs> get it done, be real. Like, yeah. what what is your takeaway from that? How do you lean away from that? Because I know so many people are that way, that perfectionism mm-hmm. way. Like, how are you learning to pull away from that because I'm sure it does have its perks obviously you've got a killer brand and a good identity because of how you want people to perceive you but like how are you getting away from the negative part of that I mean to be honest like it's not something that I am really away from like I feel Uh like it's something I have to kind of like tackle every single day yeah and which is fine because I don't expect to just get over Mm -hmm. that overnight Mm -hmm. but just being fair to to say just awareness is number one yes like being able to recognize Mm -hmm. what like what what why am I feeling this way right now like why am I second guessing what I'm doing like why am I disappointed with like where I'm at in my business right now Mm -hmm. it's like oh because I set a really high expectation for myself that wasn't Mm -hmm. even realistic Mm -hmm. and having that like realization is like it kind of feels like you're like hitting a brick wall over and Mm -hmm. over but like it's such a needed reality check because uh, especially in the perfectionist like mindset we aren't really people that can do things without them being perfect so like Mm. I feel like expectations are always really high like regardless Mm -hmm. of the task at hand or anything really it's just like I need to be the best I need to be perfect and nothing less than that will do so Okay, I'm going to get really deep with it. Did that like, yeah, yeah. Do you think that came from like you being a kid? Like, was that like sports? Was that grades? Like, where does that come from? I mean, it definitely the way that I was raised. Like, okay. my, I'm, I'm definitely a product of my parents in that okay. regard. Like, yeah, definitely a product of my parents. Mm. My mom is very much a perfectionist. Things need to be exactly the way that she wants them to be or they're wrong. My my dad is actually like OCD and like a big yeah. hoarder, but like yeah. that, doesn't, that doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> but the OCD part, like he is like... You see where that comes from. Oh yeah. Like, mm. and I mean, there's so much like 
with all of the mental health work that I've been doing over the last year, like I've realized a lot about how I was raised has mm-hmm. like massively affected me even to this day. But like even just like small stuff like that, like realizing like just the way that my parents would act, not even necessarily on purpose to influence us, like it mm-hmm. always influenced us. So it's like, oh yeah, no, it, it, it was makes their sense. own subconscious beliefs that you then picked up on. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. And I mean that there's lots to unpack with that too, but mm-hmm. it's again just like recognizing that like this is like a learned thing Mm -hmm. and I need to like be actively trying to kind of like break out of that in whatever ways that I can Mm -hmm. like I'm probably never going to stop being a perfectionist to a certain Mm -hmm. level but like I definitely have made progress in the sense of like I don't really feel the need to how do I want to say it like I I know you're a big fan of like fast messy action Mm -hmm. and I love the concept. I really do. I just, I, I personally can't do that. I just can't. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like I've been able to find kind of like a, a middle ground for that. Okay. Like I, I can still take some messy action, but it's mm. not necessarily fast or mm. vice versa. Like I can take fast action, but it's not necessarily messy. Slow, thoughtful action. Action. Because yeah. that was going to be my next question is like, okay, you say you're working through it every day, but I know there's people listening to this that are perfectionists that don't ever put themselves out there and there's dream after dream after idea after idea and seven years pass and they were like I didn't bring any of that to life because they couldn't get past that but you are still someone who says they deal with it every day that is still putting something out there what is that oh I I don't even know if I can like quite fully put into a a word like what that Mm -hmm. is specifically but it really is like a lot of like mindset work on my own Mm -hmm. end like Mm -hmm. for whatever reason the first thing that popped into my head was talking about like back when I was behind the chair like being able to be comfortable like firing a client that Mm -hmm. stuff like that like standing up for yourself that for me I feel like the confidence almost yeah and in a way it's like once you do it too you're like oh yeah that was great nothing can stop me yeah yeah so mm-hmm. it's like, it's little things where you learn to like trust yourself I guess mm-hmm. um, and I, I mean not to say that I always trust myself but I yeah. do definitely trust myself a lot more than I used to and mm-hmm. I mean knowing now too that's probably more of an intuitive thing mm-hmm. but yeah I I know so many people are afraid of putting themselves out there and like people judging them, especially like to tie this back to Instagram, for example, Mm -hmm. it's the number one thing that people are always concerned about is like, I don't want my face on camera. Like Mm -hmm. I don't want people to see me. I'm afraid of being judged. Mm -hmm. And there's just, there's so many fears. Everyone's going to be different with like wanting or being willing to do stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like just like when you do finally like give yourself permission to put yourself out there, that's kind of like the like first part of like the snowballing effect of like yes. oh this isn't so bad like I can compounding it's stepping yeah. so it's these tiny little confidence builders that you can look back on and say oh that was really scary I thought I was gonna die everything in my brain told me I was gonna die if I did this but then I did it and now I'm happy that I did it because it was the right move and yeah. now I have not only did I get rid of that issue firing the client for example but now I also have this proof that I'm capable of doing something like that again so then the next one maybe you do it a little quicker because you're like remember last time I didn't die when I thought I was gonna die and continuing to do those over and over and over again every time they show up for you yeah yeah totally I I mean it it goes from it comes from a lot of different areas like advocating for yourself is definitely Mm -hmm. one of them trusting yourself is definitely one of them yeah but yeah I mean I, I think a question that we always need to ask ourselves like for you listening to this like if you are in a position where like you do have those fears come up regularly like just ask yourself like what is the worst thing that can happen because mm-hmm. i mean yeah. our brains do really really do tell us like i'm gonna die like yeah. that's like the like yeah like caveman brain kicks in they're like nope nope that means yeah. death fight or flight yeah yeah it's yeah. like that is so far from the truth like yeah worst case scenario like you feel really uncomfortable for five minutes and then it's yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and so like really being able to recognize like what the actual worst case scenario is I feel like Mm -hmm. can help a lot with like at least to a certain degree overcoming the fears Mm -hmm. and yeah I mean it is something you get comfortable more comfortable with it over time too so like yeah yeah. love 
love. I'm glad we went that expectations route. Instagram is a tool. Your business is not on Instagram. You could delete your account today and your business would still be open tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like none of it matters at the end of the day. It is purely just you marketing yourself to try and get more clients. Yeah. Like, and it's not that deep. And find what feels in alignment for you. Like there's people in Soul Tribe that are not on Instagram at all that are bursting the seams with new requests from word of mouth from google like just find what it is for you if you're anything like caitlin and i you are a little drawn to it and it's also okay if you're drawn to it but also have a weird relationship with it you know but um this isn't to like convince anyone you need to be doing this or you're gonna die um i had just on a soul tribe call the other day someone asked me she was trying to come up with content strategy she was like so is it like okay to still just like do like a graphic and a caption like can i plan a bunch of content and do that and i'm like that was such a weird question to me i I mean i get why they (laughs) asked that but i'm like who the fuck am i to tell you if you could post a graphic like what do you mean is that what you want to post are you consuming content like that does that feel in alignment right now like the rules. I'm so sick of the rules. Like I understand mm-hmm. spotting trends, but like it's so quickly becomes so used up and again, yeah. regurgitated this word I keep using on this yes. podcast, but like it, what even is the, is this okay to do now? Like that, fuck that. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like I, I feel like it's, it has become such a <laughs> regurgitated situation. Uh. Everybody is kind of just like copy and pasting the same shit over and over. Mm. And I mean, there, I understand like trying to make content quickly and like, I like this trend. I'm going to do this trend. Mm -hmm. Totally support that. Mm -hmm. But when it's literally just saying the same shit over and over and Mm -hmm. like, it it doesn't even really like pertain to you or your business anymore. It's like, what's even the point? Like, is this actually going to get you clients that what you're Mm -hmm. posting? Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I don't know. I'm all about like feelings with, Mm -hmm. with content because at the end of the day, if you're not loving what you're posting, consume it. Like, let that be the question. Yeah, exactly. Like, so something that I always say to ask yourself when you're right before you go to hit post is like, ask yourself, who is this for? Mm -hmm. And is this going to benefit my ideal client, whoever that might be? Mm -hmm. And if that's a no, then ask yourself, what is the benefit of this? Like, what is this actually going to do? But just, just posting to say you posted this week, I think is a really unhealthy just mindset to be in. And it gets people into vanity metrics with stuff like that too. Like I I only got so many views on this reel. I only Mm. have this many followers, like all of that shit that just does not matter at the end Mm -hmm. of the day. And Mm -hmm. I, that, that I think is just something that really, it just, it frustrates me so deeply because I, over time, we've just kind of come to think like, I have to be up at this standard. Yep to do all of these things or I'm not successful. Yeah. And like you said, like there's people that don't even go on social media that have, mm-hmm. they're like bursting at the seams with clients. Yep. So like it's. There's also know. plenty of stylists that are getting tons of new requests from Instagram. So again, it's just Ooh. not a one size fits all. And I just see so many people again, it's like a, an attention grabbing hook. That's like, yeah. you need to do this to grow your business, yeah. which once you get into marketing, you realize what that is and it doesn't affect you emotionally the way that it used to. But like they hear that and then they're just like, is this okay? I don't know. I just feel like we get so lost in all mm-hmm. of the weeds with all of this that I just mm-hmm. want to have more conversations of just like, it ain't that deep. It's fun. It's good. Yeah. Use it for what it's worth, but it ain't that deep. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this is kind of like my own perspective from things Mm -hmm. too, but like we, there's so much talk about like the gurus and the, the Instagram Mm -hmm. experts and like, even when it comes to like hair related things, like I think about when Mm -hmm. I opened my first suite, like I didn't have the slightest fucking clue what I was doing, but that doesn't mean that I'm like higher than anyone else. Like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, none of us have the slightest clue what we're doing. We're just trying to like make things work and like we're throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks and yep. keeping, keeping to using what does stick. And so I don't know. I just, there's, there's always like this weird, like tier level. I feel like, like mm-hmm. people look at people that are like Instagram coaches, for example, mm-hmm. as like such a higher than tier. Mm-hmm. And it just like, it, 
I don't know. At the end of the day, like no one really actually knows. You're like, I'm over here just playing with my phone too, trying to figure <laughs> yeah. it all out. That's all we're all doing. Yeah. yeah. We are well over an hour. So I think the sign <laughs> of this is we can do many more podcasts in the future because we could definitely keep going and going and going. But yeah. this yeah. has been super good. We touched on so many good things. I'm actually excited for how many little clips I know I'm going to have on this because there wasn't a ton of <laughs> perfect structure, but we hit so many like golden yeah. nuggets. So I really, really enjoyed that. I will obviously put that link once you get it together in the show notes. Any final thoughts, Caitlin? Anything else you want to say before we wrap up? No, I feel like I've pretty much covered anything, everything. But yeah, I mean, more than anything, like to you person listening to this, don't be so hard on yourself because mm-hmm. you're listening to a business structured podcast because you want to learn. And I totally respect that. And I get that. But that probably also means that you are being pretty hard on yourself. So mm-hmm. give yourself some grace. You're doing great. Doesn't matter yep. where you're at. Like just just keep going. It's going to be good. Yep. I love that. Thank you. That was a good Absolutely. little message. All right. Thank you for listening, friends. And I will talk to you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Stylist Soul Tribe Conversations. Before we wrap up, I've got some exciting news to share. My brand new course, Mindset to Magic, is finally here. This isn't just any course. It's a proven roadmap for transformation, combining personal development with explosive business growth. Through the seven transformative pillars from embracing an abundance mindset to unlocking big magic in your life, we'll journey together towards your wildest dreams. If you've been enjoying this podcast, you are going to love this course. Click the link in the show notes, and I cannot wait to welcome you into Mindset to Magic.